It's Rainforest Mind with me, Casper Thompson. And uh, today I am speaking to special guest James Ford Roshi. James runs a Zen group in Anaheim in Southern California. Um, his teachers include the Koan Master, John Tarrant, and also... Jiu Kenit Roshi, who was my teacher's uh, Zen teacher as well, so we have that spiritual ancestor in common. I first discovered Jiu Kenit through her spiritual autobiography, The Wild White Goose, or The White Wild Goose. Uh, it was very profound, I found it very profound, Jiu Kenit trained in uh, Zen temple, big Zen training temple in Japan in the 1950s, just after the Second World War. So she was from the other side of the the war, and she was female in a patriarchal society. And she was, um, she wanted to understand Zen and she talked about the profound experiences that she had and the difficulties that she had. And I felt a real heart connection with her. And I was quite moved. And I felt grief, I suppose, in discovering that she had actually died a few years before I had discovered her teachings. So it was quite, I don't know, a strange karmic connection when I discovered that Dilma Vidya, who became my teacher... Uh, trained under her. So James is also ordained as a universal Unitarian minister and we talked a little bit about what that means. We talked about form and emptiness or boundlessness as he translates it and how is it possible to be in the world as a flawed human being and choose to do something. We have to take some, we have to do something with our lives whilst knowing that we don't have all the facts um, and, you know, that we are karmic beings, we're full of wayward passions, and also keeping this vision of boundlessness in mind at the same time. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you will too. You can find James Ford's uh, Sangha. Well, he practices as part of the Empty Moon Zen Network. They've got... uh, groups that meet in Settle and Woodenville in Washington in the States and in Northumberland, Pennsylvania in the States as well as in uh, James's group in Southern California. You can find out more about them at emptymoonzen.org James Ford has written a few books as well or a couple of books. I'm just... dragging them up on my computer because I've forgotten the name of them but I've been reading the uh, his introduction to co practice and really enjoying that that's the most recent one from the summer last year introduction to Zen Cohen's and a couple of years ago if you're lucky your heart will break which is a beautiful title uh, and then back from 2011 the book of Mu essential writings on Zen most important koan and yeah, I'd recommend getting hold of those 
if you enjoy this conversation, which I am sure you will. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's transition into conversation with James Ford Roshi. So I guess I was interested in connecting with you, partly because we have some shared spiritual heritage. One of your teachers was uh, Jew Kennett, who was my teacher's teacher. And I also really enjoy uh, the teachings of John Tarrant, who I know is one of your teachers. That's right. But I'm, I'm particularly interested in the, this position you occupy, that you're also, as well as being a Zen Buddhist, you're also... Are you, you, ordained minister? And I didn't realise, I, in my mind, I'd, I had thought that you, you was still quite a Christian movement. But when I did some research recently, it seems like it's much more open than that. So for me and for anybody that's listening that doesn't know so much about you, you, I wonder if you could just give us the back of the postcard sort of cliff notes sure. version. Sure. Well, um, people use the word Unitarian around the world. It usually is associated with a form of Christianity that that um, rejects the Trinity. Uh, mm-hmm. um, in our, we have close cousins in uh, um, Great Britain who are in our general direction, but I think still mostly would be considered. Um, or consider themselves Christian uh, uh, with a with a fairly substantial non-Christian uh, wing to it. Unitarian Universalism in North America, however, has has radically departed. Uh, mm. uh, um, it uh um starting its its institutional roots uh um traced to the enlightenment and principally in north america arises as a reaction to new england calvinism and uh uh becomes a um the 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 initial shift on the unitarian side is not so much anti-trinitarianism as a, a, um, a naturalism and a rationalism and it situates uh, salvation not in belief in a uh, a sacrificial act on the part of God, but uh, in how we act. The slogan would have been was uh, at one point uh, salvation by character. The universalists, on the other hand, were uh, more concerned with the 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 matter of love and. Uh, um, as an overwhelming source and a rejection of any the, any idea of an eternal hell, and uh, and its slogan was uh, uh, love over creed. Um, there's a UU theologian today who has reframed that as love beyond belief, and you know captures I think the the, the sense of it. But um, out of the initial impulse of a kind of a rational. Uh, examination of of the religion, um, the first great reaction to that within Unitarianism was a phenomenon called transcendentalism, and and that was a uh, you know a literary artistic uh, movement within America writ large, but it was actually a hotly debated theological uh, question within Unitarianism, and and it re- it removes. Uh, um, 
this is the first major shift away from scripture and the traditions of Christianity, um, where nature becomes the uh, um, the, the sacred scripture. And, and so, and, the, so the the natural wor- world is the word of God, so to speak. So to speak, and 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 in that moment, I think that would be precisely how it would be framed. Although um, it's somewhat anarchic, and there are many different variations on it. The two principal ones probably are exemplified by the the Unitarian minister, um, sometime Unitarian minister, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, um, who uh, was kind of a Neoplatonic figure. He sees the oversoul. He's very influenced by uh, everybody. All the transcendentalists are quite influenced by the early translations of Eastern religious texts that are just becoming available when they're this is in the in the uh, first three decades of the uh, of the nineteenth century, first four decades of the nineteenth century, and um, uh, um, I, but it's it's Henry Thoreau who becomes the more significant figure for me in that he he's interested in the thing itself. Um, there's a lovely essay uh, um, um, contemplating a seed, you know, in which mm. uh, um, the looking deeply being not bound just by rationality but uh, opening one to intuition created this you know this religious uh, approach the reaction to that at the end of the 19th century influenced by evolutionary science and others was um, um, a pretty um, hard humanism a rationalism um, marked by a not by not so much non-theism as kind of atheism and um, then by the end of the 20th, it, it, there's a merger between the two traditions of Unitarianism and Universalism in the middle of the 20th century. And by the end of the 20th century, a new spirituality begins to emerge. Um, and, and it's influenced by t- two forces, primarily Earth-centered traditions and Buddhism. And mm-hmm. so today, Unitarian Universalism, there's about a thousand congregations. Um, there's a heavy... Uh, humanist wash, but in in most of the congregations, uh, an, an openness to uh, um, kind of a world spirituality, a a new vision of universalism, not as a question of of who gets to go to heaven, uh, but rather um, that all religions contain something uh, of value, something that can take people to the healing of the human heart, and. Mm there we are uh, and it allowed me as a you know as a pretty straight on zen buddhist uh, um, a, a place within the community and even within leadership so your draw to it was that because you were looking for a community um yeah the the my initial um involvement in in zen buddhism was at the very beginning of the you know of the great flowering of contemporary uh, Zen uh, uh, in the, you know, launching in, in the late 1960s. And uh, um, there, there, of course, there's Buddhism before that, but um, uh, in, among the convert communities, but, but not much. It really becomes a thing uh, then. And I lived in the San Francisco Bay Area, and um, I practiced first with uh, Shinru Suzuki's community, and then, as you mentioned, with uh, uh, Ju Kinnett. Uh, when she first came to America and um, um, after an intense period of practice with her several years monastic uh, life I left and I 
uh, as I assessed what I was looking at, I, I realized that that Zen, for the most part, unless you lived in a monastery, was uh, kind of like a spiritual gym. You you went, you did your practice, and you went home, and there was no no community involvement at all. And uh, that's still a you know an ongoing problem. It's not you know people have been trying to address it since then, but at that point, it simply outside of mon- monasteries that was it and uh um and i had unfinished business with my natal christianity as well and, mm. and i started looking and and uh after you know looking at several possibilities uh uh unitarian universalism just called me you know and uh um, um here i am <laughs> and what you said about the essay at just observing the seed reminded me very much of Zen practice. That's right. I, I think of it's it to me it's less Zen and more Taoism, but it's you know they're close cousins, of course. Yeah. Uh, my little uh, one of my lines is by a peculiar uh, evolution. Western Unitarian Univers- Unitarian Universalism has evolved into a form of Western Taoism. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, it, 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 it's not, it, you know, it doesn't have concerns with, uh, um, uh, many of the issues that Buddhism does, but it comes to that, but it does have that naturalistic mysticism, um, that, that Zen certainly shares. So I wonder if there's a way that you describe yourself or how or maybe how do i wonder what your particular religious view is at the moment well well i i i would say i consider myself um a, a zen buddhist you know of a maybe with a, a with kind of a rationalist wash uh and so i have alignments with the with the secular buddhist can, community and Stephen Batchelor and such without, without quite going all, all their way. I, 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 I enormously, I enormously admire Stephen Batchelor and his work, but I don't buy his uh, retrojection of contemporary uh, rationalist Buddhism as being the Buddhism of the historic Buddha of Gautama Siddhartha. I find that kind of silly, but, 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 what the conclusions make a lot of sense, uh, although I maybe I, I, I have a I, I believe in awakening and I'm not quite sure he does. Uh, and, um, it, you know, so there are there are areas where it's it's uh, um, 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 divergent. But but I, I sometimes use the word liberal uh, Buddhism, but that's a that's a technical term within within the religious community that often sounds too much like it's a, you know, some form of political yeah uh, uh, but it's it's an open-ended progressive rationally tinged uh, um, approach otherwise straight ahead pretty straight ahead zen zen buddhist when you say rationally tinged i mean my experience of zen is that it is very rational in the sense that it it's happy to use the rational mind uh, in service of awakening there is no uh, um, discontinuity, uh, for sure. Uh, maybe there's a maybe there's a a little bit of uh, 
a, a shift in emphasis in, among convert Zen Buddhists, uh, um, uh, and you know, and certainly in Japan, I think there's been a uh, a, uh, um, a a move in that direction for the last hundred years or so. There's a, a some interesting studies on the on the the feedback loop between Western religious culture uh, and you know psychology and science and particularly Japanese and Buddhism, but, but Buddhism. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm wonder, so, so given that, I'm just wondering what the, what the, what you mean when you say you've got a rationalist tint or what that adds or takes away from traditional understandings of Zen. Right. Well, I think, I think practically speaking, it, it's where do we put, salvation you know uh, uh, awakening um if you look at you know if if you read the nikayas it certainly looks like uh um awakening is moving away from the world you know is a transcendent uh, or is a is an extinction of you know uh, of the of this endless cycle otherwise endless cycle of of becoming and uh, um as a rationalist, I see no good. I see no, I, I no convincing evidence of of of, um, of um, post mortem reanimation, and okay. and and so so for me then, if that's so, then what is awakening? And yeah. uh, um, and and it's totally consonant with 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 Zen Zen teachings from from Zen's emergence in you know in medieval China. Um, you know, where the emphasis is, you know, on this very moment in this very place, um, which itself, of course, is a very rich, it's, you know, it's not a reductive kind of, of awakening, it's an opening. Um, um, but, but it, it's not about uh, um, stepping away from the world, it's awakening mm. within the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a Sanskrit scholar, or a Pali scholar. <laughs> but I, my, my, teacher suggests that it perhaps does dip, that you can read the Nikayas in a way that suggests liberation in this world um, so I've got a lot of sympathy for that view although as I say as I'm not a scholar I can't necessarily support it with well, any evidence we're 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 both in that in a similar boat that I'm I'm certainly not a um, an academic um, I play one once in a while in my books but 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 <laughs> I'm not yeah. Yeah, but the but it sounds like the real emphasis in your practice is on awakening in this lifetime. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And whatever, if anything happens on the other side of uh, of uh, this mortal coil, I, I'm not particularly concerned about it. You take that as it comes, or doesn't. That's right. Yeah, which is a fairly straight ahead Zen perspective, anyway. Yeah. So I noticed that in your blog post recently about religious or spiritual fluidity you talked about the the inherent dualism within christianity and somehow that um uh, not recognizing not, or not being able to find a place for duality in your own practice i'm i'm grossly paraphrasing <laughs> yeah actually the 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 what I was trying to explore in, in that very moment was there, there is within the um, 
you know, it, within the atheist community, a, a rhetorical device uh, of of um, assuming all religions religions can only be looked at from their most fundamentalist reactionary uh, um, um, stance. And in the what I was specifically re- referring to was a conversation on Facebook where where somebody actually stopped a conversation by saying. Um, when somebody said they, they were a Buddhist and a Christian and somebody said, you can't be, you know, it was, um, and, which is an interesting, you know, <laughs> to tell somebody they can't be what they are. Uh, yeah. but, but, but even, but on, but categorically, uh, you know, um, 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 it's an, it's not an uncommon position and, and, and Christianity, certainly the, the, the story of Christianity does posit, uh, you know, uh, you know, a gap between the divine and the human and uh, <clears throat> getting right with the divine is sort of the project. Uh, and, and I, I certainly don't, you know, I, I think that within the phenomenal world, it certainly is dualistic. It's, you know, I mean, every, that's what we're all about is breaking things up. And, and yeah. But and if, it's true. It's true. In this conversation, we're not the same person. I don't know what you're going to say next there is an inherent separation in this that's right reality there are i i've seen um especially on the interweb some people who have a a gross misunderstanding of of the of the equation of form and emptiness which is the fundamental assertion of our of our way that uh um, in which emptiness becomes this kind of magic wish machine so that i want to you know i i am this but i want to be that well within emptiness everything's equal and therefore i'm that as well and mm. uh, uh um it doesn't actually work that way you know, the the way it works is that form is emptiness emptiness is form form within itself is filled with distinctions and uh um you know it's a flow of ca- causes and conditions uh, conditions and, and consequences so you're there i'm here uh we are um following our own trajectories we meet and we we're now influencing each other and changing each other and in in many ways but our common connection is this you know is is this you know boundlessness uh and and uh um uh having a, a a genuine insight into what that is you know that, that our common family name great empty uh um, that's the project of you know of, of certainly of zen and i think of of buddhism and uh you know and the mystical traditions of all religions mm. you know has, exposing the exposing the 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 Empty is a strange word, isn't it? Because empty heart, of course, right. means something very different in English. Well, well, and and this is our ongoing struggle. Is um, you know, uh, shunyata is the technical term, and uh, um, how we translate it. I've I've found boundless generally a more useful term, um, partially because of novelty. It's used less, and therefore we, we we're coming in with fewer. Uh, um, uh, assumptions about it but even but they, they all fail you know they all fail at some point and that's part of the the point is we have to discover that that all our all our distinctions um while they're very real you know you, know, you punch me in the nose i might i will you know, bleed um and not feel good um and 
<clears throat> the punch, the nose, the blood, the two, you know, the fist, all these things are, are themselves empty. Um, um, so how do we, you know, how do we square that? And for me, of course, that's, that's the life project. That's Zazen meditation. That's koan introspection. That's all the practices of you, you follow in a pure land tradition. Um, mm. I'm assuming, you know, for you that, you know, might be the, you know, the, the, the calling on Anita. And I don't know if you're a once caller or a mini caller, but it doesn't matter It all is that turning into, um, into wonder. Uh, into all. Mm. and it's, it's I'm glad you mentioned uh, Pure Land Buddhism because of course in Pure Land there is an uh, a duality between the practitioner and the Buddha Amida Buddha in particular mm-hmm. and Amida Buddha is the sort of contain container of boundlessness and the person is uh, something finite in relationship with that so there's an intimacy with boundless but there isn't perhaps a becoming boundless in the way that zen maybe talks about i i, I don't know I, I i don't want to presume to to uh, uh you know say what one's encountered but i i would from my perspective um you wouldn't be a meter but you would be buddha yeah, and that's in, and I think that's probably true. Uh, there's a lovely. Uh, do you know the uh, Enlightenment verse of oh the the first Zen abbess of Japan? Her name's gone out of my head, but it's the one about all my life I've been trying to catch the moon in this old bucket, and suddenly. Oh yes, yeah. It's I, I, I'm again. I haven't yeah. got it in front of me. I, the bucket falls apart and there's no moon and there's no water. Yeah, the bottom falls out of the bucket. And that's it, yeah. And and yeah, and there's and there that's you know, that's awakening, you know. Then we you know, there's still a bucket. It's, it may be broken, but there's still a, a broken bucket. But we're no longer caught exclusively in and, and I and that's the thing for us is that there there are these two ways of seeing that are that are both true you know it's the two truths you know we see uh the world of distinction again where um you're uh you know on one side of the atlantic i'm on the other um there's this other truth in which um there is no atlantic uh there is no you there is no me and and the perception you know how we square that circle is the spiritual enterprise And, and i know in my own formal training um having it's a flawed understanding but the sense of separation it comes naturally and and it feeds there's back to rationality and everything the ability to slight to see things in in slice and dice see things in their particularity put them back together and make predictions out of it is you know kind of the the human deal um so for us the initial thing is to help us to to see through that you know to collapse that and discover the the boundless thing and in koan introspection the first koans are about uh um um letting go of our of of our death grip on on our delusion about ourselves and mm. but then you can't set settle there then you if you stop there then you get the you know the magic emptiness machine where you know it's the wish fulfilling jewel and you uh, uh you get whatever you want which doesn't seem to actually happen so you know <laughs> what do we do from there and 
and and the curriculum the koan curriculum as i you know that developed in japan and um, um, from the chinese uh, original discipline um, um, constantly whipsaws us from emptiness to particularity to partic- from particularity to emptiness and uh, mm-hmm. um, and from endless uh, in well, it certainly feels like endless angles and you know and it's a life it's a life project i wonder if i was to say something like uh, all these separate things the thing that you the thing that unites them is that they're all blessed whether that would be something you could relate to i can relate to it yeah yeah um all um oh, rats what's the uh there there's there's a couple of citations there for us uh uh one from um uh, uh one zen one christian uh and i can't pull either quite quite but it is it's everything you know everything is falling apart everything is uh um rising and uh um and everything is blessed you know it's all it's all it's all holy it's all yeah, it's all holy for me. This this maybe as a pure land Buddhist, maybe with some Christian sympathies still. Now that I've uh, worked through some of the <laughs> woundedness from uh, that I received in that tradition, th- there's something about the the more positive way of framing that that really speaks to me. Sure, the, the sort of religious vision of actually, yes, everything is holy, everything is illuminated, everything is blessed, and everything is broken at the same time and everything is broken and everything you know and there is suffering and there is hurt and there is longing and there is uh uh um endless wounds um um and there's the mystery you know how do we how do we live in both 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 worlds at the same time Mm. i know as a psychotherapist if somebody comes to me and tells me about their great suffering and i just go oh don't worry it's all blessed. Uh, I probably would never see them again. <laughs> right, right, right. You would. You wouldn't be particularly helpful. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, and and you know, and that's part of the 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 engagement of of um, certainly within convert Buddhism, but I think Buddhism writ large and modernity is uh, um, uh, um, uh, how do you you know how do you deal with the 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 actual uh, problems of the world especially in a you know in a in a world that's not so much ruled by by tyrants anymore um um well at least parts of it you know if if you belong to a republic if you know if you have some actual say in the matter uh where speaking does not mean execution uh um what are your obligations what are your you know what you know what 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 where does this lead us and uh, it you know and and it's as you know a hotly contested area um right now uh, uh passionate advocates on on all sides i'm more than slightly inclined to those who think <laughs> it matters what you do uh uh so you know of course we're you know polis we are part of the political world and and my, you know, my my faith and insight and things call me to engage, even though it's imperfect understanding, uh, even though we don't know what the consequences will be. Back to salvation in this world. Uh, yeah. 
and that something about so yeah i wonder what salvation in this world something salvation in this world there's something about transmitting that that's important you know in a sense that's the body for vow but all, the body for vow is also about reducing suffering where we find it that's right that's right and i think most you know uh you know as a wise person said all politics is personal uh you know uh we we you know we need to till our corner of the field um and you know and i i've in my i'm fairly active in the in in, in north american in our political community and uh um i tend not to be sympathetic to the people who who are all global you know it's you know i i, I tend to you know notice that they love humanity and they're not necessarily so fond of people uh, hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah you know, and we need to kind of you know engage where we are and there are big there are giant currents that you know i think the ecological catastrophe is certainly uh, uh something that um 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 is global and must be addressed at, at you know at many levels uh yeah. yeah and how do you find your practice or your religious view supports your political or social work i i i try to do uh you know kind of a back to the hermeneutic feedback loop, <laughs> you know, the, the finding of meaning, meaning in engagement and reflection. And, uh, um, I, I, I spend a great deal of time on the pillow and I, uh, find myself thrown into the world, uh, especially, you know, when I was, a, you know, an active parish minister, uh, actually I am, I, I retired four years ago and I have just, uh, accepted a um, a very part-time position with a with a small unitarian church um, part of the compensation is uh, um, generous access for our zen group uh, to to the building but uh, um, once again i'm finding myself oh yeah yeah i uh um, um you know what is the price of uh, you know rice and uh baking baking um you know what you know what are we uh uh, you know, what about right now? What about in our, in where I live, uh, um, the flow of immigration, uh, is, is, you know, enormously, uh, um, 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 front and center, you know, and, uh, 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 what does it mean and how do we engage people with, you know, with responsible, being responsible to our, you know, to, to our neighbors and, 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 and exploring who, who our neighbors really are and and how do you you know how, how do you deal with constraints of nation states and uh, um, um and human suffering yeah and uh you know it's it's rich i i uh i i'm i'm grateful for the opportunity to be involved i uh, i'm aging you know i'm uh, old enough that I, I i i know i cannot keep doing this forever uh and mm. uh, you know nature itself will put a pause on this <laughs> and uh uh um, so i feel actually it's interesting and you know in the moment i feel urgency you know what can i do you know how you know how can i be useful in how in, you know in, uh, um, with what what skills i've been given what uh 
um, what insights I've been graced with, uh, uh, how can I be used? And do you think there's a particular something that your Zen practice has given you or, or your UU practice has given you that, uh, yeah, that, in, that does lead you to a particular skill set or a particular way of looking at the world that changes how you engage with those questions or those issues? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but the process itself is my life, you know, so it, yeah. it is what I, you know, so <clears throat> the pillow, I, you know, keep returning to the pillow. I keep trying to let go of my, my certainties uh, in the moment. Um, I keep opening myself to the mystery. I keep opening myself to being wrong. Um, and then I have to get off the pillow and and even though I know I, I'm working from insufficient information and I'm, uh, you know, just a bundle of prejudices and, and assumptions uh, um, that I've even in 70 years have barely scratched the surface of, of mm. exposing, um, must act. Yeah. So that's the, I don't think paradox is quite the right word, but that sense of knowing one's limitations and prejudice and foolishness and then moving into a position where you go well i have to do something and that means making a choice and and, whole, and also and making a choice whilst knowing whilst knowing there's a big space of unknownness around it there's our life isn't it yeah and i'm reminded of the um there is a there's a movement within Shin Buddhism within Japanese Shin Buddhism that still uh, says because we find ourselves in that position of being limited beings, we shouldn't do anything at all. We should just wait right. until we're Buddhas, and that's just not. I just find well, you know, that's their karma, but for me, it's just not quite good enough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, I have no resonance with that position. Uh, um, it, 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 it's a. To me, it's a misunderstanding of. Uh, well, you know, I mean, our project is that this is it. This is where you know this this this. There is no Buddha Buddhism or Buddhahood down the line. Buddhahood is now, or it's nothing. Uh, mm, and, and I suppose it's perhaps more. Uh, it's it's wiser to look at the Buddha's life as this unfolding process of wisdom and learning and unknowing and learning and making decisions and choices in the same way that each of us finds ourselves in that place of having to do something with our lives rather than suddenly him having an experience uh, of awakening under the Bodhi string. Okay, it's all sorted. I don't need to worry from now on i know where the road's going and i'll just go that way and i never need to kind of get wrapped up in uh thinking whether i'm doing the right thing or not again and, and that is the um um yes yeah, the human thing that's what we do you know we take our we we take our experiences and we order them um you know with in a much neater package uh, you know with the beginning a middle and an end and uh the reality of our lives is you know vastly messier uh the reality of the buddhist life 
you know, is vastly messier. You know, it, he, for me, he's an exemplar. The, the literature, you know, that surrounds him that purports to convey his teachings are, are astonishing. Um, and, and I consider it actually a shadow in the Zen part of our, our tradition, which continues the, the, the story of the great awakening. And then everything is sorted, as you said, uh, um, isn't actually that way <laughs> yeah. even in the buddha's life you see him changing his mind for right. example you know being persuaded by ananda to create an order of nuns that's right yeah it's a it's a great yeah it's a great uh uh it's a great example of 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 a truth that is kind of hidden by the hagography of you know that that it, that that ended up being written down mm-hmm. um, <laughs> For me, as a pure and Buddhist, there's something about my faith or trust in a meter, which you perhaps would just call boundlessness, that allows me to recognise my limited nature, the the my shadow nature, the prejudices that I, some of which I know about, some of which I don't know about, and that my personal practice of taking refuge in a meter, taking refuge in boundlessness or, or just remembering boundlessness it's not always a felt experience trusting that that is part of the truth of the world of the universe uh, makes it easy to go oh and this is me and i don't know what i'm doing today I, I, you know and i i think that's one of the great gifts that that uh, uh the pure land uh, brings to us and in the west i suspect Christianity and dialogue with, with, with Buddhism and Zen is, you know, what uh, I think you call trusting, you know, in trust, mm. you know, sometimes translated as uh, uh, belief, uh, but it, but it's trusting. Um, there is something, um, a surrender, uh, uh, um, something that takes us when we don't know that guides us and holds us. And, and um, um, there's that too. And, you know, and, and I, I'm, very you know interested in how that emerges in my own life and what does that mean uh for for all of us uh, uh because awakening is not a steady state awakening is uh uh you know explosions and tingles and little you know flashes uh, and then there's forgetting uh you know, punctuated by vast amounts of forgetting and, uh, and and something gets you onto the cushion every day or you know and that for me this that's trust working yeah yeah and and there we go and you know and for me the 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 uh was it i've been recently uh uh my evening um my evening reading is mostly murder mysteries uh (laughs) yeah i can relate yeah um but of late for some reason um i i i've been going back to the classics and i've been i've been reading livy uh uh uh, uh um, his his roman histories and uh uh, uh th- and just there were there's this line there's several it recently two people um um really entangled political mass and everything and and the phrase for the conclusion is it, and he put a period on his life and <laughs> by by which uh Livy means he committed suicide uh, uh but but i think about that line a period on one's life and 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 what i 
think we see from birth to death is that who we are is the mess taken together, you know, and it, it doesn't, it looks like it has a beginning and it has an end and it does have a beginning. And it has an end, but the reality of who we are is this thing taken whole. It's like this very moment, you know, the, the great call of, of my practice, of our practice, most of our practice is, is not, uh, a brain dead thing that has nothing to do with the past and nothing to do with the future. It encompasses all of it mm. together, you know, in this moment, in this particular moment. And, our, and it's true of our lives writ large. You know, we are all of these things that have happened uh, uh, to us and that we've done and we've thought and we felt and we've loved, we've lost, we've, you know, the, 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 you know, the great comedy that is who we are. Um, is what you know is one thing uh, yeah so maybe we could, we should speak of uh, eternity rather than the present moment <laughs> yeah, yeah. well and there it is how do you, you know what is the the uh, the appropriate language of, uh, yeah uh, right probably both of those it it it's uh it, and this is the difficulty um uh, a lot of the buddhist language i think part of the problem with it is that it's extremely good you know um but it uh um, John Terrence, speaking of my koan teacher, um, um, he was fond of pointing out that uh, um, there's nothing more dangerous than a really good idea. Hmm. You know, um, yeah. You know, the closer it is to what actually is, the more likely we're going to believe it. Uh, you know, yeah. I know and, uh, and then, of course, some people will take it upside down and... and use it for something entirely different well right right because it, it is just an idea you know although yeah. even an idea is it as well just you know just to cover all bases uh um, so it's 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 dynamic fluid it takes you know a certain amount of humility um, um the path is uh um, to me it really is a path to surrender into uh, 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 an experiment yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah. Mahatma Gandhi isn't that his? Uh, uh, oh, is that how he described it? Yeah, I know. Certainly, running a, a, a temple, a community here, often feels like an experiment in some way. So, should we try this and see what happens? Oh, let's try that and see what happens. Particularly as we're kind of importing this very old tradition from somewhere else in the world to somewhere that. Is slowly, be- or not slowly, quickly becoming uh, dissatisfied and disillusioned of anything that looks religious. Yeah, it, well, it is fascinating, especially you guys are the you know the the, the, the what appears to be the relentless trend of, of modernity. Uh, um, certainly, already in Europe, uh, um, much of what we understand as religion has. Uh, uh, um, dissipated uh, in, into into the culture at large, and while there are little pockets of people, it's um, I gather uh, we're seeing that beginning. We're still Americans, uh, North Americans, American U.S. Americans, particularly, you know, are still a pretty heavy, heavily religious people. But yeah. among the uh, intellectual elites, there's a, a you know a rising secularism that looks a lot like Europeans. Um, and I'm not For me, quite... there, is, there is often a loss in that as the, the baby of awakening or, or boundlessness is thrown out with the bathwater of institutional religion. 
I, I think so. I think part of the problem is probably there's more more importance to institutional religion than than we want to credit give it credit for. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the whole thing, I mean, it's going to the, the questions arise endlessly. The responses arise endlessly, and they arise within specific cultural um, contexts, and and culture is changing. Um, you know, we're, we're moving into this world culture, um, um, and there's all these reactions to it. You know, the the, the rise of tribalism um, in all its particularities. You know, the nativism of American um, conservative politics right now. Um, um, Great Britain has its. You know, it's absolutely. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Today they are debating. Oh, I, let, I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> There's a, a supposedly meaningful debate in Parliament today, leading to a vote this evening on Theresa May's deal for Brexit. Yeah, yeah, and, it, yeah. and it's uh, it's in in one way it's compelling, and in another way, I I just want to close my ears to it. Right, right, right. Oh, there. Well, and there it is. If if you had just simply if you had put a period just before Theresa. Um, there's our condition. Is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's, you know, there's that today, and it's going to be some, you know, it's going to be something else tomorrow. Yeah, something else tomorrow. The dance, the music is changing, but the dance goes on. Yeah, yeah there it is. Uh, well, uh, thank you for your time, uh, James. This was we've such, a such a pleasure. Yeah, we've covered a lot of different ground. Very interesting. Well, I hope it's useful for folk, um, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity to to open my mouth and see what a fool I am. <laughs> you, you and me both. Yeah, I can certainly relate to that. Thanks again to James for that fascinating conversation through all those different topics. I really enjoyed it. It was great to talk to somebody that I've had various interactions with through social media um, yeah just just a nice warm connection to a Zen Buddhist on the other side of the world so I realised recently that I don't know who you are listeners I had this fantasy of doing a saying who are you and putting an echo on it, I might be able to do that I can certainly do it with my voice. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And then that's the space for you to reply. So drop me an email, uh, leave a comment on the um, the blog post where this podcast appears at casperthompson.co.uk. Leave me a comment on social media. Do a review on iTunes or Stitcher if it's a good one. If it's a bad one, just think it. Just keep it inside. That's a <laughs> anyway um thanks again for listening and hopefully you'll join me again soon for another episode of rainforest mind mm-hmm.